The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. very very good about my decision and it's just it's time and it showed up and I, I feel so fortunate that it, it showed up to me in that way um, I've, I've talked to greats like Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin uh, Jeff Dale jr. and you know everyone's had their own journey and some of those guys um, you know maybe maybe set a date and left before their heart really wanted to leave or um, you know a lot of other athletes their time is, is called and they don't have that opportunity to pick their moment. And, you know, I feel very blessed and fortunate to, to have this opportunity. So, you know, you roll that all up and it just, it just feels right. You know, I'm ready. It is the end of an era, seven time saying goodbye. And so are we, at least for 2019. Welcome to the final NASCAR America of the season here with Parker Kligerman. Today we're going to look back on 2019, but Parker, Jimmy, giving us a much bigger headline. How has he impacted the sport or you personally? Well, I think, you know, obviously with this news coming out, you start to think about all the things you've interacted with. And I think two things. One, when I look back at Jeff Gordon and when he was retiring, what the, sort of the message was around his career was that he took the sport to a new place, seeded the sport in some ways. But I think the message that the fans are going to get out of Jimmy Johnson throughout 2020 is what he did to the people or for the people within the sport, right? How he treated people, being a seven-time champ, being as successful he is, and arguably the greatest of all time with the competitive era he was in, how he continued to just be himself and treat people kindly. I think that's what he'll be remembered for. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy's rookie year, by the way, was my rookie year. We started oh. in 2002 together. So, um, yeah, there's a no lot, lot of memories. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I mean, unless I somehow in the next hour say something I shouldn't. And, uh, no, I'm just shortly before today's press conference at Hendrick Motorsports, Dave Burns went one-on-one -on -one with a seven-time champ. Well, he told us he was working on it, didn't he? And now Jimmy Johnson has made the decision. Next year will be the last. How'd you arrive at that? Um, you know, it, uh, it was a journey for sure. Um, it was, you know, something that was in the forefront of my mind and I like to be organized and have my stuff together and worked on it for a fair amount through the summer, trying to logically come up with a decision and nothing was moving me. So I kind of tabled it. And then to my surprise, kind of in the fall, around the October Kansas race, the feeling that I was hopeful to have to make my decision showed up. And I am uh, I'm in a fantastic place with it, excited for 2020 and beyond. And, uh, you know, it's been a busy couple of days kind of yeah. letting the world know and, and potentially have caught some people off guard. But once that, once that feeling came to me and hit me as hard as it did, it was like, look, it's you know we have time on our side now. We can uh, we can put some wheels in motion and and uh, take advantage of this amount of time that we we now know that uh, that'll be my final year and, and gear up for it. How would you describe the feeling that hit you, Jimmy? And, and did something trigger it? I wouldn't say anything specifically triggered it. It it really did just kind of show up on its own. Uh, my mind was thinking about it quite often, but just something something opened up. Um, I I do feel like the. The performance that we've had in our cars, 
the growth of the team in the second half of the year. There's a calmness that's come with all of that. And, and I told Cliff, I feel like his presence has maybe led to an earlier retirement for me than he would like because I, I just I feel like I'm setting up for an amazing 2020. Hmm. And the, uh, you know, the opportunity I feel, I feel that I'm going to have next year to potentially win my eighth and, and retire would, or step down from full-time cup racing, one heck of an opportunity. You mentioned uh, beyond, so uh, you still want to be behind the wheel, so let's look past 20. Uh, you're not going to get to drive the 21 car, at least not in a competitive capacity on the track, I wouldn't think. What do you want to do? I'm, I'm pretty open. I mean, I, the 38 weekends a year, you know, I've, I've, I'll give it one more shot. <laughs> After that, 10, 15 weekends a year, yeah. I'm open. Um, if Hendrick clearly ever needed me, I would be available for anything there. And I'm just going to see what next year brings. You know, there, there might be some really neat opportunities that will bubble up since I do have time on my side and have made this announcement early. So we could see you in that NASCAR 2021 version. We could see you in an IndyCar maybe. You've mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I'm certainly open to it. Uh, fast ovals or ovals in general with an Indy car, I, I don't have a lot of interest in. But okay. road course wise, you know, there's sports car, off road trucks, um, being a surf bum for a little while, maybe trying that. I had a great time being a ski bum not long mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm pretty much open. Uh, this starts a whole cascading of events, as you know, including who sits in the 48 car from here on out. How much input do you want to have in that decision, Jimmy? You know, I would love to have have a uh, say in that and be a part of that process. Um, I feel like I have a unique situation where I can help start this car up at Hendrick and uh, would, would love to be a part of that. So, uh, And I'm, I'm sure Rick and Jeff and everybody would be willing to have me in the loop. I was over at the trophy case, and I noticed the Pocono sweep in 04. You could try that on one weekend uh, coming up here. Is there any race in particular next year, Jimmy, that intrigues you and that you just like to nail? Man, those marquee events are so special. Yeah. So uh, I, I would love to get, get a few more of those. Um, the, the other... A uh, neat thing that I could do next year is win at each track, which Kyle has already done. So there's three of those sitting out there. Um, and just getting back to Victory Land would be pretty nice. And for family, Jimmy, uh, the girls are growing up. Um, Shandra's been behind you the whole way. What does this mean for them? It means, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot more quality time together. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm not sure that we really understand what that looks like or what that means just now, especially with another full year of racing ahead. But uh, we've got a year to kind of think about it, adjust, and plan. So it's exciting times. All right, our quality time starts now. We're going to soak it in all next year and hopefully beyond a few times at the track with Jimmy Johnson. Okay, we want to bring in our colleague and former Hendrick Motorsports crew chief, Steve Letarte, who joins us via phone. And Steve, by the way, you thought your offseason began Sunday night once you guys tossed down to us for the post-race show. But with the Jimmy news, we needed to get your thoughts. He talks about that feeling that sort of hit him and hit him hard. I, I guess you had to make a similar decision. Um, how does that happen and how do you feel like Jimmy came to, the, came to terms with that? Yeah, Christian, thanks for having me. Um, I never thought I would be able to relate to a seven-time champ. Jimmy has done so much in his life, but you bring up the moment when I knew I, I my time on the pit box had kind of come and it was ready to move on, and I understand what he means. It's hard to describe, but there's this comfort to know that there's more for you to do uh, kind of out in the world, in racing and in other things, in, in your family life as a dad and a husband, and you know, I consider Jimmy not only a great competitor, but a close friend, and I'm very thankful to hear how comfortable he is with this decision. Um, I know myself specifically have probably taken for granted how great it's been watching a seven-time champion race, and this gives me, selfishly, another season of watching him on the racetrack and mentally preparing um, to, to watch a race without a seven-time. You know, he's so good. He's such a great ambassador for the sport, for sponsors, and just a great guy in general. It's great to hear that he's comfortable with the situation. 
Steve, you know, you got to spend that time as basically a teammate to Jimmy, and you said, you know, you almost took advantage watching him. I think a lot of us did. You know, you don't really fully appreciate what someone like he is doing until it's kind of at the end. My question, though, is when you were a part of there, what did you notice during that time, in those times, over those years, he was winning those championships and doing things that maybe made you think, wow, that is why he eventually became a seven-time champ and was a, be winning championships at the time? His drive for success matched Chad week in and week out. I tell the story. We were in Miami testing years and years and years ago, and we were leaving the hotel at like 6 a.m. to go to the track, and here came Jimmy Johnson jogging back into the hotel parking lot after his morning run at 6 a.m. And that's the drive he brought to every single race when I was his teammate. And it amazes me. And, and I think getting this off his chest, if this is his decision, will let him really focus on 20, to be quite uh, honest. You know, I think when it hangs over you that you know it's coming but you don't know when – it perhaps is a little bit more of an emotional um, toll on, on you as a competitor. The fact that he has announced it, I think, is only going to make the 48 and Jimmy Johnson more competitive. I know me personally as a crew chief, I was much better once I had made the decision. Uh, I just enjoyed every week at the racetrack, enjoyed even the bad times. And I think that allowed me to be um, better on top of the pit box. And Jimmy Johnson, I would love as much as I think everybody would to see him go back to victory lane and perhaps – this weight off his shoulders will allow him to kind of freewheel a little bit and just be back to that smiling Jimmy Johnson. Well, Steve, it's it's no secret that it was uncharted waters for that 48 team for Jimmy this year, um, you know, not making the playoffs. Would the decision have been different? Would it have come later if it had been a, a, a better year for that team? I think, you know, you can always ask if. I mean, if he's winning races and championships, I think it's much tougher to walk away. Um, I just think when you look at NASCAR in 2019 and moving into 2020, the, re the requirements of the driver, the hours of the driver's job are, are more taxing than they've ever been. When you have somebody that's driven for almost two decades, he has a family, two small daughters, uh, you know, at some point you have to hang it up. What I love about Jimmy's announcement and that interview, what I absolutely love is he doesn't even tiptoe around the fact of still driving. He makes it a point to say, I'm going to drive something for 10 or 15 weeks. Um, I love that about Jimmy, right? And, and he, it, it could be NASCAR, IndyCar, IMSA. Um, really, I don't rule anything out, to be quite honest. I think he could drive whatever he would ever want to drive. And I think as a race fan, not a NASCAR fan, but as a race fan, I applaud that. I feel blessed to think that someone as great as Jimmy Johnson is going to enter other marquee events. He talked about NASCAR marquee events. Well, maybe it's the Rolex. Uh, maybe it's an IndyCar race. Who knows where it will be? But whatever he's driving, I'm going to be watching. No doubt. I think that's really exciting. You mentioned the IndyCar, some of the things he wants to do out there. I, I think, you know, he was kind of inspired by that Fernando Alonso uh, ride swap, you know, in terms of going and driving that full one car and getting that chance and thinking, hey, you know what, I'm not too bad at this. It was a little, it was kind of a rumor out there that he was really fast at it, too. So I think that sort of opened his eyes a little bit, as you said, to maybe going out there and racing things all over the world. You know, we've seen some big names retire in the last couple of years, Steve. What do you feel like the sports reception is going to be in terms of what we've seen out of other drivers' tracks? going out there and giving, you know, different celebrations, different odes to the drivers. What do you expect for Jimmy Johnson in this 2020 year? Well, I think the Jimmy Johnson retirement tour should match perhaps Jeff Gordon, you know, Tony Stewart. I imagine every track is going to want to give him a wonderful send-off. Um, I think as a competitor, they're going to appreciate racing against Jimmy Johnson. But if, if the young competitors don't see the opportunity, uh, the vacuum of wins leaving the sport, that's a huge opportunity for someone. Someone has to win these races. Uh, so when I look at the younger stars that are there battling, we, all, we have our current crop, right? We have the four that went to Miami. Well, 
add someone like Jimmy steps aside, who fills that gap, right? Uh, first of all, who fills the 48 car? It's an interesting question. And who fills that gap in the fan base of NASCAR? It's going to be interesting to see. And then just you mentioned filling the gap. What about for Hendrick Motorsports? You know, you were a part of that organization for so long. When we talk about who fills that gap, also for Hendrick Motorsports is going to be such a young team, essentially, depending on who does fill that gap. What do you expect the future for Hendrick is? So if I was an executive at Hendrick, seeing with Rick Hendrick today, I would suggest a veteran driver. I think Chase Elliott's outstanding. I think William Byron is showing tremendous improvement. I think they already have youth on their side. Those two drivers are so young. I don't think it's necessary to have three young 20-year-old drivers. There are some veteran drivers out there that I feel would enjoy driving at Hendrick Motorsports, and they could become what I consider a franchise asset. But sit in those meetings and help move the program along. When you look at the, the task ahead for the 2021 car, um, I think William Byron and Chase Elliott are wonderful talents, but have, do they have enough experience to direct an organization with car development? I would be looking for a veteran driver, someone who has won races, someone who has driven good equipment. That's who I think should fill that role and that 48 car, knowing that you have youth. William Byron is going to win a ton in his career. Chase Elliott is going to continue to win. I think a veteran would be the angle I would take. Well, thank you, Steve. For, thanks for Sorry we cut into your offseason a little bit, but big <laughs> news today. We're glad you could join us. Big news, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for Jimmy. I'm happy for everyone involved at the announcements out. I'm excited to see him on the track in 2020. And, Krista, I'm officially shutting my phone off. So yeah. Don't try to call me back. <laughs> the offseason begins for Steve Letarte, and he's right, though. We're all excited that we get to have this entire year. I know the racetrack's exciting, too, to, to kind of send Jimmy off uh, in the right way. No doubt. This is going to be very exciting to watch. And I'm just excited for Jimmy to, you know, kind of, as, as Steve alluded to, have it a little bit off his chest. You know, this mm-hmm. was sort of looming a little bit, especially with some of the struggles earlier this season. You just had to feel like, that, you, that fans, everyone was wondering, when's it coming, right? Now it's out in the open. You can go past it. We know next year's last year, and he can go out there and perform. And I seriously believe he will because I saw some things out of that 48 car late in the season, like he saw, that showed us some serious promise. Yeah, and hey, there's lots of news today. Of course, this is the biggest, but be sure to log on to NBCSports.com for the latest. I mean, there's driver news in the Xfinity series. I know you've been watching that, GMS, lots yep. of things there, sponsor editions and cup. And more. There is no such thing as an offseason for Nate Ryan and Dustin Long. They will be working well into the hours throughout the entire offseason. Coming up, you can't talk 2019 without discussing the champ. Will this title mean even more to Kyle Bush than his first? And as our season ending show continues its look back theme, who can forget the arguments? Or was your favorite moment a comeback win? We'll have more when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by the Salvation Army, doing the most good. For some of us, 2019 will forever be remembered for the fight that almost was at the Applebee's on Crawford Road. Not Crawfordsville Road, Crawford Road, mind you. Kyle Busch will likely have other lasting images, including some from his title showdown last weekend in South Florida. Homestead Miami Speedway, a championship will be won today. We're not a favorite this time. They all have it out for me every single weekend. You do what you have to do to win the race for your team. No other driver wants it as bad as I do. I'm a lot meaner than he thinks I am in that car, I promise you. Green flag! Just ran over something. 
dominant performance early on. Hamlin saying as far as tight and slow. What about this battle, guys? A huge error by the 19. 18 surging ahead. Four best teams, the four best drivers. It's fun to watch. Kenny Hamlin going over the lead. The championship four running one, two, three, four. A huge blow for the 11. And Kyle Busch. Everything that's on the line. What a performance. NASCAR Cup Series champion. You know, it's crazy because leading into Homestead, and I know you each kind of covered a, a championship driver, but Kyle Busch was talking about how he kind of felt like an underdog, or people were kind of pegging him as an underdog. And you hear that, and you're like, how is that possible? But that was what he was talking about. I mean, it had been quite a few races since he'd been to Victory Lane. And, and I loved that time because the winless streak made me laugh. And I kept making the joke, yeah, you know, I guess the guy hasn't won in 10, 18 races. You were calling for his retirement. Just right? retire. Yeah, you know what? It. It's over. <laughs> oh, wait. He's a part of the championship four. Oh, wait. He still has a chance at a championship. Guess what? He wins a championship. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what was so ludicrous about that talk at the time. It just, But at the same token, it's a, it's a sign of the performance level of this race team, of this driver, Adam Stevens, what they expect, what the sport expects from them, and that is domination. That is wins upon wins upon wins and in, in you know, very quick fashion. And therefore, you know, they lived up to those expectations by winning this championship. But that's where the fans and the people out there commentating got that, that chance to say, hey, maybe this team isn't as good as it once was or is maybe is the underdog just simply because they expect so much from them. Well, and on paper, as you see here, the numbers sort of mirror 2015 and Adam Stevens, his crew chief, talked about this on the championship stage. But remember, in 2015, Kyle was fueled by that comeback, coming yes. back from the broken leg, the broken foot. I think he was fueled this time maybe by those naysayers after that that winless streak. No doubt. And I think the, the other side of it, you know, he talked a lot about what a second championship meant to him going into this championship fight and what it would mean to for his legacy, for validating the first championship, which, you know, there was naysayers out there with the comeback from the injury uh, saying it wasn't you know a true championship at the time and and that's I didn't I didn't agree with that he won it fair and square on the rules they were but yep. I think that's what you know really made this special that's what gave him the drive on this one was to say hey I need to go get that second championship to start my legacy you know when he talks about winning championships Kyle Busch doesn't talk about one he didn't talk about two he talks about hey I want to now to get three four five six Aim for seven, who's, who just retired seven times or is retiring after 2020 from full-time competition. That's what he wants to be talked about and in that same vein. And I think that's why he had that motivation to get to. Okay, so how many can Kyle Busch get? I mean, here's the thing. Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch, they're the only ones in the field with more than one. The only <laughs> multiple champions. So how far can, can Kyle go? I, I think with this format, it's incredibly right. tough to say that you're going to rack up championships like Jimmy Johnson did. You know, when you think back to those five consecutive that Jimmy did, that was unbelievable. Kyle Petty always says it's one of the most incredible things he's seen in racing. I think that's going to be a tall task, but no doubt, should he be a part of the championship for week or year in and year out? Yes, absolutely. They are going to be a championship contender until they're not, basically. All right, you still ready to talk more 2019? Yeah, sure. Well, of course, along, it's a great with, season. along with becoming a two time Cup Series champion, Kyle Busch was one of several drivers to reach major career milestones in 2019. Back in March, he won the Cup race at Auto Club Speedway to claim his 200th NASCAR National Series victory. Now, I know it equals the King, Richard Petty. I, I mean, like you said, apples yeah. to oranges, right? Apples to oranges on this one. For sure. I, I, I think, you know, that's a little tough to say, but it is an incredible accomplishment nonetheless to have 200 wins in NASCAR. We also saw back-to-back -back first career wins this summer. Alex Bowman outdueled Kyle Larson at Chicagoland. That was a big moment. He made the playoffs. Huge. Very big for him and just a huge moment for 
you know, Hendrick Motorsports putting their weight behind him, I know you believing like him, one. and then lightning strikes, essentially, right? right? Literally, literally. I mean, literally, Justin Haley goes on to win. That was an incredible moment. I, uh, I was leaving the airport. We'll disappoint on that day myself. <laughs> After 15 consecutive playoff appearances, a run that's up there with some of the longest in sports, Jimmy Johnson misses the postseason for the first time, and really. Um, it won't matter because he, like we said at the top of the show with his announcement, the press conference today, one of, if not the best ever. And by far, and it just, he needed the second half of the year to really yeah. focus on getting the performance back, and now he's going to be better in 2020. And this is big for Martin Truex Jr. because it was his first short track win. And one of the most incredible things there is out there, he finally wins at a short track. To think that he hadn't won before this was just astonishing, but finally gets that monkey off his back, wins at a short track, and, you know, basically in dominating fashion, would go on to dominate another short track later. I know. He was kind of Mr. Short Track. That was yes. what we joked. I mean, we talked to him in Victory Lane, I think, both Richmond races, I mm. believe. Well, the Martinsville one especially. Yeah, that's yes. true. Of course, that was the big one. He, yep. Yeah, no, so Kyle Busch wins the title. Some would argue that Martin Truex had the better season. Do you agree? You didn't win the championship. It's hard. That's, yeah. that's tough to say. You know, I, I know there's a thought process out there that maybe some of the best – of the best mark of a season is simply wins, right? It's it's racking up wins after wins, and obviously Martin Truex did that. But, you know, when you come down to winning the championship, that's what you work for all season. So it's it's tough to say each, you know, who has the better season in that sense. I, I personally, as a driver, put a little bit more mark on championships because it's a, a full season's worth of work. But this was a team that put themselves in the championship for, and with this format, you have to think that, that's going to maybe become a little bit more of the mark. Do you put yourself in the conversation for the championship by being the championship four? Because when it comes down to one race, that's a tough thing to have your whole season hang on. Yeah, and Martin Truex Jr. Would probably say, hey, wait a minute, don't count me as the bet. I didn't win the title. He yeah. would probably agree with us. I think, yeah, he would say that was a very successful yes. year. To have seven wins in a season for Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, I just think overall incredible year. And, and to get that first short track win, dominating Martinsville, they set themselves up as best as they could to go for that championship. When they yeah. talked about last year, they lost it. They felt like by not winning at Martinsville, it didn't give them time to prepare. Redemption. It was some redemption. And I think going back there and dominating the way they did, winning that, maybe it burns a little bit not winning the championship, but that they really gave themselves the best opportunity possible. Hey, let's talk Joe Gibbs Racing as a All whole right. because, of course, Martin Truex played a role in that, that huge number. 19 wins for the organization set a new record for the modern era, and, of course, it all began in February at the Daytona 500 where Denny Hamlin and JGR did it for JD. Denny Hamlin's trying to block all lanes. He's to the outside, to the inside, to the checkered flag. Denny Hamlin has won the Daytona 500. A one, two, three sweep for Joe Gibbs Racing. This is the greatest victory I've ever had, period, in my life. Better than Super Bowls. Better than Super Bowls, better than championships and racing. This was the most emotional and the best win for me ever because of JD and his life and the kind of life he lived. It was such a heart-wrenching, uh, touching moment to start off the season. Yeah, no doubt. And for everything that Joe Gibbs Racing and Joe Gibbs and that whole family had gone through to go out there and have a driver that J.D. Gibbs had personally tabbed in Denny Hamlin to go and get that huge win at the Daytona 500. And then to have the year that they have. I mean, what an incredible year for Joe Gibbs Racing, for Toyota, for everyone involved that in that organization. Because this organization and Toyota have sort of changed the way that manufacturers and teams look at this sport. They've really redesigned the methodology behind how you interact between manufacturer and team. And they've really, this year, basically set the precedent. This is how it has to be done going forward with the success that they had. And I think 
that uh, there's a lot of teams out there looking at what they accomplished this year and thinking, okay, we've got to change up our style, our way right now because we've got to find a way to beat those guys. And a successful year for Denny Hamlin as well, and we wish him success now as he recovers yes. because earlier today Joe Gibbs Racing announced that Denny has successfully undergone the shoulder surgery. He talked about that, that he needed it a few weeks ago. I think we were in Texas yep. when he said that. Arthroscopic surgery on his left shoulder was completed at Charlotte Surgery Center. So we wish him the best in his off-season recovery. Yes, absolutely. Hey, did you know 2019 is the year of the pig? Oh. It marks the end of a complete rotation cycle of the 12 Chinese zodiac signs. I mean, if that's your thing, uh, now, that also signifies a well-deserved break. That sounds about right for the 2019 NASCAR season two. We're gonna revisit some of your favorite moments as our look back continues. Dumb on his part. I'm gonna make it hell for him. 17, man. No lap cars. They have no respect for the leaders. We're the top echelon of motorsports, and we got guys that have never won late model races. It's pathetic. They don't know where to go. I was gonna flat out wreck them. You can't tell people that you're gonna wreck them before you do it. When roles are reversed, that person's gonna wreck you. This spotter up there, you tell him to back off. You find this spotter, tell him to beat his. Punches were thrown. And then he tried to crash us. I just didn't appreciate it. Oh, shove that silver spoon up his. Bowman just cleaned him out. Went up and tapped him in the back, let him know I didn't appreciate the way he raced me, and then he body slammed me. Where I come from, you get poked in the nose for that. Oh, not, very not only communication, but Bubba throwing water. Once he started hitting me, he didn't lift. He kept finishing me off. These two just discussing it, and then it escalated. Stop, stop. Don't push me and run away like a little He would probably say, yeah, it's your track racing. Mm, every year, tempers flare. You know, sometimes yeah. it actually was Parker and A.J. Allmendinger who had to oh, be moved yes. to separate corners on occasion. Good recall. Yes. Right. If we can always count on some bruised feelings, we can also count on the Charlotte Roval to provide some great highlight material. Fire in the hole when you're ready. Racing at the Roval again. Back oh, back oh, backwards. Sideways behind him. The 88 Alex, Alex Bowman gets turned around. All right, mark it down here. Hang on. Try and fire it up to your left here and to your left. Sliding into the Hartburg turn. Eric Jones is around. Alex Bowman is involved. The 48 of Jimmy Johnson had to stop. Frustration now for Bowman and Bubba Wallace. Oh, Smoking the tires. Oh, the nine's going to miss it. He gets oh. into the wall. Race leader. I can't believe I just did that. Unreal. Oh, the 11 spun out. We got the tracks block. Newman's in it. Big, big problem over here in the infield. Oh, there's a to go. A big crash. Big crash. And Chase Elliott, he'll win at the Charlotte Roval. Chase Elliott's rally at the Roval was certainly a highlight of his season. But once again, his title hopes were dashed in the round of eight where Parker, did anything go right? Uh, no, I actually okay. spoke to Alan Gustin, his crew chief at Miami, you know, going in that race. And we sort of just reflected on his season a little bit. And he's like, I don't think I've been through a worse stretch of races in my life than those couple races in the round of eight. It was just disaster with mechanical failures, a mistake by Chase at Texas. Uh, it just everything that could go wrong went wrong for this team. But, you know, that's not a mark of their season. That was a, a fluke set of circumstances and an all around that basically allowed them to be in the position they were not fighting for a championship. I think this team has to look back at the races like the Rover where they came back, you know, from that incident. I, I made the joke that day, like, how bad were the rest of us? And a guy that went head on in the wall came back to win the, the race. But that's how good they were. You know, they were so good. So 
I think when they look back at this season, they're going to take the positives of those performances. Performances like the Roval where they were just able to overcome so much to go out there and find victory lane and just be the dominant car. That's what they need to take in to 2020. And when they get in the playoffs, mm -hmm. have a little better luck next time. I think it's basically what they can take away from it. Well, one of those positive moments would have been Watkins Glen, where Elliott also earned his second straight win. And that's one of our notable dominant performances from 2019. Parker was quizzing I himself. I knew it. That was the break. one I was missing. Which one? Okay, that was the one you were missing? Yeah, you that, got well, you got all the rest of these? No, I got the Martinsvilles. Okay. I've thought about Michigan. I didn't have <laughs> I thought Fontana. I thought about I thought, Michigan. I, didn't, I couldn't remember Watkins Glen. Okay, that's so right. two, two at Martinsville. Yep. Um, you had Kyle Busch Montana, Joey Logano, leaving no doubt in Michigan. All right, let's get to some of the wildest finishes from 2019. And it starts with a sibling rivalry between the Bush brothers at Kentucky. Remember this, this one? This was epic. I mean, absolutely awesome. By far one of the best races I've ever seen at Kentucky. These two went absolutely at it, touching fenders and giving each other, racing each other hard, but giving each other just enough respect to allow Kurt Busch to outdo his brother and win. It was awesome. Okay, this was one week later. Denny Hamlin puts the bumper to Kevin Harvick several times in the final lap. Harvick holds on to take home the lobster. Although he could have been a little bit more intense in the way he hit him, I think it was a bit of a championship move to say, this is a guy I'm going to have to race for a right. championship. I've got a good year going. I think I can go win a championship. He didn't, but I think he was thinking that. And in the playoffs, uh, we had to wait an extra day for the finish at Talladega because of rain. I think it might have still been raining there. It was worth it. Ryan, it's the battle of the Ryans. Ryan Blaney over Ryan Newman by 7-1,000. That's just as close as it gets. I mean, those two basically running each other across the line, and I just love that epic finish there. Yeah, that was wow. That was on a Monday, right? Monday. It was. Yeah. I actually was just in the back of that shot going into the wall. Right. Oh, just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I'm sorry. Still finished 15. Okay, that's yeah. good. Didn't that's lift. <laughs> Coming up, they didn't win the NASCAR title, but what a year for Team Penske from IMSA and IndyCar championships to weddings and presidential medals of freedom. Oh, and buying an entire series. It's good to be the captain. Wayne Taylor Racing, Konica Minolta Racing, Fernando Alonso, Jordan Taylor, Ring of Andazana, and Kamui Kobayashi have won the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Cooper Webb wins the 2019 Monster Energy AMA Supercross World Championship. For the third year in a row, Eli Tomac is a Lucas Oil Pro Motocross 450 champion. And the champion is Acura Team Penske. Dane Cameron won Pablo Montoya. Joseph Newgarden is the 2019 champion. Oh, I'm so happy. I was crying that whole lap. So I'm, boy, I'm so glad this is over. A look at this year's champions from beyond NASCAR, many of whom drive for Team Penske. And if you think Roger Penske had a big year, think of Simon Paginot. He capped off 2019 by getting married. His dog Norman was the ring bearer. Four months earlier, he scored the biggest wins of his life. Simon Paginot, he's got a shot at the win. Oh, and Dixon, he a runs little wide. Paginot oh, on the outside. Oh. He got him, unbelievable. And Simon Paginot wins in the most phenomenal style. Oh, yes! This will be the first time for the month for do it again later. Simon Paginot, does he go to the top? Yes, he does. The final run of the weekend underway. It's close. It's really close. But Simon Paginot wins pole for the Indy 500. This is the biggest race in the world, so obviously uh, I'm on cloud nine. 
Is it going to be Rossi? Is it going to be Pagano? Two laps to go in the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. Simon Pagano takes the lead. Clear, clear. Down the back stretch for the final time. Simon Pagano sweeps the month of May and wins his maiden Indy 500. Guys, that's, we just won the Indy 500. Woo! You know where Victory Circle is here. You've already been there. I told you you get there twice. The month of May was magical for Simon Pagano, and a lot of the year, Parker, was magical for Team Penske. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, <laughs> find me another organization in the world that in, competes in so many different disciplines and then yet finds themselves so successful. I mean, they in won everything. championships across the world, winning races across the world. Globally, they have to be the mark right now for motorsports to say, if you want to compete in any high-level motorsport, you're going to have to go through Team Penske. I mean, look at these results. From Australia to the Indianapolis 500 to IMSA and competing in NASCAR, I mean, it's just incredible what this organization has done in 2019, led by the captain. And you have to think, a lot of this is just his ethos, the things mm -hmm. he puts into his race team. I mean, and look at all these the, Yeah, I mean, I love that shot. It's always a very intimidating shot. But it's just basically what he instills in these race teams, in the people that work with him, to know that this is how successful we have been and how successful we can be. Okay, steering it to NASCAR, yep. what does 2020 hold for the Penske organization? Well, I think we saw, you know, a lot of promise out of this organization. Barring just a couple little different things happening, and this organization finds himself fighting for a Cup Series championship with either Brad Keselowski, Joe Logano, or Ryan Blaney. All three of them performed, especially in the playoffs. You know, I think that's why for this race team, you know, NASCAR has always been one of the toughest rounds for them. But in the least recent years, they've become very successful at it. And I think this year was a year that, Barring just simple, different little things, they would have found themselves fighting for a championship. And it really comes down to, for the 22, you look at that Phoenix race and think, that one run, if something just goes a little bit different, whatever that oddity was that took him from being a fast car to going a lap down, if that run is just any bit different, he probably can be fighting his way into the playoffs there against Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin, and he just did not have the car or something went amiss, and that took them out of that chance. All right, well, the 2019 season may be over, but it won't be long before the engines fire up again. The Snowball Derby is just two weeks away, and in January, you can catch three big events on NBCSN January 4th. A new Supercross season begins. Look out for Cooper Webb. The car rally coverage starts January 6th. Fernando Alonso's debut in the legendary off-road yes. race. And on January 25th and 26th, it's the Rolex 24 at Daytona as Kyle Busch races twice around the clock. That's going to be fun to watch. Awesome. And even though Jimmy Johnson announced his upcoming retirement, the future looks bright. Thanks to a trio of drivers moving up to the Cup Series next year, including a two-time champion. Can the big three move the needle next year? And speaking of next year, who is going where? NASCAR America is brought to you by the Salvation Army, doing the most good. You know the best part of this grassroots tour? is that not only do I learn about new racetracks, but I've learned that every racetrack has a hometown hero and a big event. Speaking of grassroots racing, did you see the picture? Look at this. <laughs> like the bear is alive right there? Great question. Yes. Hey, oh, hey. No. Oh, Whoa! Oh, no. You are not, not again, serious. Man. That's crazy, Insane. man. Y'all in Montana, That's y'all are wild. We're very happy about the 77. And Quinn Hoff carrying the hashtag MyTrackMyRoots. 
So many small tracks across this country, grassroots racing at its finest. We saw Kurt Busch is here tonight, Clint Boyer's in the stands. I uh, really, really appreciate, you know, the NASCAR guys coming down and, uh, you know, the grassroots thing and, uh, you know, it's just great for us. We raced at uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway for four years and uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Train racing. Train racing. This is the greatest racing in the world. Somebody's in the front car, somebody's in the back, nobody in the middle. We want to give a big shout out, we being Clint Boyer and me, to all the fans this year who have participated in the hashtag MyTrack, MyRoots program. Great program, um, you know, the, the recognition to all the competitors all across the country, that's, that's the backbone of our sport. No matter where you go, there's somebody working on a race car to go run a local short track. And the grassroots movement continues this December when the all-new Track Pass launches on NBC Sports Gold. With Track Pass, you'll get to see future stars compete in some of America's biggest short track events, and maybe you'll even see the next big three. Tyler Reddick picking up right where he left off last year at Homestead. Been a dominant afternoon for Christopher Bell. It is his fourth win of the year. Five wins on the season for Cole Custer. Tyler Reddick is going to win at Bristol. The regular season champion has won the regular season finale. Round two, here it comes. His seventh win of the season. We got that goal Christopher Bell on his way to Homestead to compete for the championship. Tyler Reddick has won again at Homestead. Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Cole Custer are all on the move to the Cup Series. Now, silly season hasn't been too crazy this year, but there were some address changes. One involves the guy who nearly shocked the world under the lights in August. Earlier this week, Levine Family Racing announcing it would part ways with driver Matt Benedetto at the end of the year. I don't know my future. I wish I did. Um, but every time a door is closed, uh, better doors open for me. And that's the way I'm going to uh, look at it. And I'm going to go out there and try and win this race tonight. And that'll, uh, that'll do more for me than anything, honestly. I'm so sorry to Matt Benedetto. 34 laps between here and Matt's first win at the cup level. He is literally fighting for his livelihood. I hate it. I mean, uh, just sorry. Now they're side by side for the lead. A little contact. Hamlin in front at Bristol. I wanted to win so bad. The checkered flag will fly. Hamlin wins at Bristol. Congrats to Denny. I know a win would mean uh, a lot to that team. I'm not done yet. I'm here to win. I got to give it 110%. Yeah, you can't fault Denny Hamlin, but uh, Matt DiBenedetto, he didn't win Bristol, but he did win the seat at Wood Brothers next year. He did, and this is basically the culmination of what's been many years in the making for Matt DiBenedetto through driving subpar equipment to getting to better equipment to getting to the best ride of his life at the time, which was the Levine Family Racing, to now the next best one and probably the pinnacle of that, the 21 car for Wood Brothers. This is an incredibly historic car, and, and I think for him, it's now finally just about going out and winning. This is going to be his opportunity to focus on getting that victory, and I fully believe he will find himself in victory lane getting Wood Brothers' 100th Number win. 100. And yeah. that would cement him, hopefully, in being able to be in that ride more than just one year. You know what else we're going to be watching next year? A great oh, rookie battle. I've heard, yes, exactly. The big three are moving yeah. up all together. This is going to be incredible. But if I look at this field of three, I think who has the toughest, tallest task ahead of him, 
Tyler Reddick, your two-time champ, just simply because of the organization he stepped into and the position that that organization is in. Their performance from 2019 was not the best. Richard Childress Racing has to try and make steps forward. He's going to be an integral part of that, but that's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of focus to learn the Cup Series and be helping develop those race cars and develop that organization. For Bell, Christopher Bell, I believe he's in an interesting situation of having the might of Joe Gibbs Racing their equipment. But he's also in a similar situation to Redick where he's also building a bit of an organization at Levine Family Racing that's going to be going through changes. And then for Cole Custer, he probably has the most outward pressure because he has an, he's at an organization that at least one of the cars has found themselves in the championship for, has consistently been a playoff-eligible team. Uh, their equipment level is very high. I think that for him, it's going to be simply about performance, and that's going to be mostly on him, so he has the highest pressure. A big spotlight. Hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Parker. Ended his 2019 oh, season with a top you. 10. Congrats on that run in very Homestead. Very nice of you. Appreciate it. In the it. truck series. That was fun. It was great. It was, we drove, I felt like we passed a million trucks. Okay, we started the back. No, I'm just teasing. Okay. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I was just going to say, I thought we passed a million. That's all. I was Congratulations. Saying. Nice way to end the Thank year. Thank you. All right, what did we miss? Your favorite driver, your favorite race finish. If you have a beef, just tweet KP. He's going to miss some of you during the offseason. When we come back, one more look at the images of 2019. What he's done for this company, we're going it, to, it's, it's, it's our goal just to give him the absolute best. And we want to see him go out on top, winning, and and get that championship and so we we actually talked about that the day after we got back from uh, the race in homestead so uh, we're just going to focus on jimmy johnson right now rick hendrick and jimmy johnson holding a press conference today about jimmy johnson's uh, big news uh yep. stepping down from the sport at least in a full as a full-time full-time full role yes we not, know he made sure not to retire right and we know he didn't make the playoffs but we hope we'll see him in nashville First time ever NASCAR Champions Week is coming to Nashville. I'm here with the dynamic duo, not one for all the fancy stuff, so I'm a little bit out of place. What did you spill on this? Uh, you know, I just thought I'd shine tonight. Silas is following you down the carpet. He's like a proud mom, I think. Your 2018 Monster Energy Cup Series champion, Joey Logano. You can catch the awards Thursday night, December 5th, 8 Eastern, right here on NBCSF. Nashville! And it all kicks off with a burnout on Broadway. Parker, you'll be there, right? I will. I'll be judging. So, judging, you know what? Okay. I, I, and I'm a really harsh judge. So, they yeah, got to up their game big time. That's not Nashville, by the way. That's, that's Vegas, Las but, Vegas. Okay. Yep. Exactly. So something similar will be happening. Exactly like this, except with, the judging was too nice at the time. You see, 8.4. None of that stuff. So, exactly like this, but with cowboy boots. With uh, cowboy boots, yep. And uh, country music flair, I guess. All right. right. Yeah, nice. Exciting. Have fun. Have fun. Thank you. I appreciate I, it. I didn't make the playoffs. No, oh. I just <laughs> Parker, final thoughts for 2019. Uh, how do you sum up this year? I'd say a successful year in terms of what we saw on the mile and a half racing. I thought that was great this season. Yeah. Congrats to Kyle Busch on getting that second championship. What a momentous uh, moment. Big. But I think one thing I don't want to see, 
I never want to see Joe Gibbs Racing's 19 races won by an organization broken ever again. Uh, I think that's just, that's enough. Yeah. We, let's get some more parody going forward. Pretty big. Well, when we went off the air four days ago in Homestead, we thanked all the people at the track who you don't see, the ones who work a whole lot harder than the two of us. Well, same here in the studio. Thank you to each person who made these shows possible. We hope you at home enjoyed the one-hour escape each day talking about your favorite sport. Parker, a pleasure to share the studio with you. Thank you. And we hope 2019 was a good one for you at home. Have a safe and happy holiday season. When I grew up, I remember just thinking if I was a local Friday night hero at Southside Speedway, I was going to be happy with that. Through three and four, the final time! You have to have the ability to be confident enough in yourself. When I started racing stock cars, I don't really know that I ever dreamed of being here. Way to kick off this playoff, buddy. Nice job. You gotta have fearlessness, you gotta have dedication, you gotta have drive, desire, the fire. Side by side to the checkered flag. I cannot believe I just did that. A pass to the second round of the playoffs. Shrex Jr. wins at Vegas. That little in front of me doesn't put his finger away. We're going to get one. Smash the smash victory for this 19 hot rod thing. Come on. Jump hang on. He's going to go sideways. Right in front of the pack. Kyle Larson gets the win in dominating fashion. Just blew up. What in the world, man? Denny Hamlin is going to victory lane. Oh, yeah! Oh, boy! Farming gets served. No nail Logano. Got it pretty good here, boys. He will get redemption on the rubble. Yeah, buddy. The 11 put the 22 into the wall. Ryan Blaney wins. Yeah, baby, yeah! Yeah! Oh, shove that silver spin up his... Bowman just cleaned him out. Probably wouldn't have got wrecked if he had his finger back in the car. Kenny Hamlin is spinning through the grass, all the way down the front stretch. Stuck the landing. Russian judge docked me a little bit. I didn't keep it straight. The run for the championship for Chase Elliott will end. Don't push me a runaway like a little Go! Say, ah, short track racing. Martin Truex Jr. has dominated at Martinsville. He will have a championship four spot. Kevin Harvick has cowboyed up here at Texas Motor Speedway. And guess what? He's made a reservation for the final four at Homestead. Denny Hamlin has done it. He's won his way into the championship four. Hell yeah, guys. We're going to Homestead. What a performance he has put on this evening. Kyle Busch is going to win his second Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Awesome, Mark. Awesome year. Thank you, boys. He is a winner, plain and simple. There's always your doubters. There's always your haters. But you know what? This one's for Rowdy Nation. Rowdy Nation. Rowdy Nation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 